she's a doctor. Hi, I'm Dr. Dovek, and she's a dietitian. Hey, I'm Hannah Schuyler, and together we are the, the Dr. Dietitian Collab. Oh my goodness. Right. And today we have a very special guest. We're super excited. Um, so this is something we were just saying. We don't know that we've ever heard someone doing this, but this is Abby. She is currently in preparation for surgery in nine days, I want to say, from when we're recording. So getting close. Welcome, Abby. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. This is so exciting. Yeah, we have a lot to yeah. go over. And like Hannah said, we are in the final like hours, days um, before you undergo gastric bypass. So we really just want to rewind and kind of go back to the beginning of your story, of your, your kind of struggles with weights, what's worked, what hasn't worked, the highs and lows, and what kind of got you to this moment and how you feel in this moment as well. Um, is it a, a, an emotional roller coaster? Just you know, the response of others, like we really want to get into it so we can get into the psyche of the acute pre-op patient and how you're doing with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it has been a roller coaster. I didn't yeah. I don't think I expected it to be quite so I mean I knew it would be a lot. I knew it would be heavy. Um, but I think it's brought up a lot of uh a lot of history, a lot of memories and, uh, you know, just the, the whys you get to the root of the whys. And, um, for me, I have been, um, overweight most of my adult life. I would say probably my entire, once I turned 18, you know, I was a size 16, um, my senior year of high school going to prom, even just trying to find a prom dress was difficult. Uh, I think I had maybe like five or six selections at David's bridal kind of thing. You know, it wasn't like there was a lot available, Um, and you just kind of get used to that being a larger body, um, over time. And so, uh, I've had the constant up and down battle, uh, with my weight, you know, I went through this phase probably from 18 to 23 or 22 or so, um, you know, where I was just constantly trying to lose weight. All of my photos online, the only time that I posted anything where I was full body was when it was, oh, I lost 50 pounds or, hey, I lost 30 pounds or, you know, some sort of check-in. I didn't have any photos of me just smiling and living life um, unless they were cropped. I cropped, I mean, I've looked back at the photos and I cropped everything. And um, and then, of course, you know, I've done, it's, it's kind of ironic because whenever you have a conversation with a doctor and they ask you, well, what have you tried? And I'm like, well, let me pull out my list. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's it's pretty much exactly a hundred percent because that's what it is. You know, I've done keto. I've done uh, the South beach diet. I did the shakes, like the beach uh, body, you know, any shake there's ever been uh, anytime there's a fat or a trend uh, that was something that I, I jumped on. And then even just trying, you know, removing things from my life. So I spent a, a fair portion of my early adult years just focusing on that. And then um, I went through, I've been married before I am married currently, but I also went through a divorce in my early 20s. And of course, that kind of triggered this whole like, oh, am I ever going to find anybody to love me again kind of thing. And so I was in the gym hardcore. And, uh, you know, I, I think I really went through it probably through that time period of just trying to figure out what was next. And it even got to the point sometimes where it just, I was obsessing over it. And so for me, that's why some of this process leading up to surgery can be a little bit, uh, I don't want to say triggering, but it is, you have to kind of face the fears Mm -hmm. 
of the things that you went through previously and come at it with a better and a healthier mindset. And so I am thankful because I have, uh, you know, I have my therapy, which is amazing. I could not do this without the the process of therapy and um, the work that I've done there. Um, but also just being able to kind of reset the the mindset has been so helpful for me because I was, I was obsessing over, um, you know, the, the number on the scale and the food that was going into my body to the point that it was unhealthy. And now I'm able to reset the clock. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about um, going through that tough breakup, the divorce. And I just, I mean, that's just hard. It's just, just a, it's just a, a devastating life event that happens. And at that time, where were you on earth? Were you in, is that when you were in Vegas? Cause I know that you've been kind of all over a little bit. Yeah. I was actually in Alaska and born and raised in Alaska. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, Someone's wow, from, I never met anybody from Alaska, like from Alaska. No, I don't <laughs> no. think so. I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You really moved like as far away from there as you could. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I think Florida is the um, yeah. polar opposite quite literally of Alaska. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I got, I married my high school sweetheart and then got divorced at 21. Okay. Um, and, you know, cause the whole purpose of us getting married initially, of course, other than love was, um, he was going into the military. And so we wanted to be able to move together and, and be able to live life together that way. So, um, and then, you know, things change, plans change, and it didn't end up happening. And then um, we both kind of were just trying to figure out what was next for life. And he really wanted to stay in Alaska. And, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, I've traveled quite a bit since then. Um, I just didn't want to stay rooted. And we just grew apart getting married so young. So that kind of is what started the point of me moving. It was like, you know, I ended in Portland first, kind of the Portland, Oregon area, Washington, and then Nevada. Um, Nevada was the darkest point of the time that I have traveled, um, which has really tied into a lot of where I'm at now. Um, And then I ended up in Florida because my parents are now in Florida. So uh, I've been here since right before the pandemic started. I moved in with them at 27 for six months because I basically lost everything in Las Vegas. Um, and I went through just probably, I, I'd say it, but at 27 was the worst year of my adult life, <laughs> mm. uh, at least so far. Hopefully that's that's the, the peak of it for now. But um, it was a tough year and it really, um, I'm still feeling the effects of that year now. And even when it came down to uh, dentistry, you know, because when you're going through a depression, you just don't focus on your health. You just focus getting on to the next day. Yeah. It's survival at that point. And, um, and so I did it, 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 held, it had a lot of moments that were heavy and a lot of moments that I had to unlearn, um, you know, the, the, the behaviors that have really kind of contributed to where I am now and being in therapy. I started therapy as soon as I got to Florida pretty much, um, because I had to heal from a lot of what had happened there in Vegas. And it was, um, you know, it's when you go from having stability, which was having a job, a roof over my head, um, money in your bank account, financial stability, even, uh, you feel like you've got it together. And then when you lose those things very quickly, um, that's what really, it just was all downhill from there. It was a series of bad events in a short period of time. Um, so when I moved to Las, from Las Vegas to Florida, I had my dog, uh, I think two suitcases and the clothes on my back and maybe five cents in my bank account. So it was not a good place. Um, so I had to start over. Oh, gosh. um, Yeah. So I've traveled a bit and I've hit some rough points. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, let's, how do we fix 
some of the things that have happened? How do we create a better story for me moving forward? Well, your Instagram is obviously um, a huge, huge, well-known success, Abby, in real life. And you have just openly allowed people to see you in real life and you keep it really real. And I mean, the fact that, you know, you said that, I mean, gosh, you were almost homeless. It was unbelievably overwhelming doing this kind of flight of shame. I'm sure you felt like that to go back to, you know, your parents' house now in Florida. It's it's a lot. And um, also backing up, you grew up, you um, have said that, that you're adopted as well. Um, how was how that um, dynamic playing into things um, in terms of your upbringing and, and, and how, that, how that family was and that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that I've always, it's always, whenever somebody asks me like, what's one interesting fact about you, I always say it's about, I'm adopted. Um, and, and it has been, I, um, I found out from a really young age, um, my parents were very good. My sister's adopted as well from, you know, we have the same adoptive family, but different birth parents. Um, and they've always been really big on making sure we knew what, that we were adopted, what adoption was. Um, and then of course, you know, as we grew up, that was just kind of a thing, you know, it, it didn't really, I didn't think about it much until probably my junior year when my birth family reached out. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of start to think about uh, your health side of things, you know, as you get older, I didn't know anything about my genetics because my adoption was closed. Um, so when they reached out, I think it was my junior year of high school and um, it kind of opened the door for some of those conversations. They actually found me through MySpace and it was a whole weird, <laughs> wow, like, wow. yeah, it was a weird situation. Different times, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, so they found me through MySpace and I kind of, I built a little bit of a relationship with them. I mean, I still talk to them through text message and things like that now, but I haven't met any of them. Um, but it has, it's created larger conversations over time about, uh, concerns, you know, cause I do know that my birth father's side had, um, a history of heart disease and blood, high blood pressure and a lot of the things that I'm experiencing now, like the high blood pressure, yeah. um, in pre-diabetes, like those are things that like raise a, a flag in your mind of like, oh, okay, like this is something that's in my blood, like my bloodline, like I need to be careful. Um, but yeah, so I've known that I'm adopted. I do have a relationship with them now. In fact, um, he is on my surgery list, my birth dad, to give an update because he's been super supportive and um, making sure that, uh, you know, that I just am happy with where I am. So that's great. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So you get to Florida and mm-hmm. um, you're with your family. You're re- rebuilding from this kind of rock bottom that you're experiencing and did things start, obviously you're, they start to change, turn around, but what was sort of the mindset? Like, how do you go from survival to actually kind of not just surviving, but thriving, um, as you are with your, you know, so many things that outwardly, it looks like you are thriving now. Like, how do you get here? A lot of really rough days. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you, the, the thing about, uh, healing, like the thing about healing and moving forward is that you, without therapy, I definitely wouldn't have been able to come face to face with some of the things that I experienced because it's really easy for us as humans to just turn the switch off and say, okay, sweep it under the rug. It's gone. I'm done. Move forward. Um, but for me, I needed to address it. I needed to forgive myself for the situations that I put myself in and then say, okay, this isn't me anymore. So what is me now? And so kind of working through that in therapy um, has been a huge part of my success moving forward. 
Um, you know, even there was a time period when I first got the job, I was living with my parents for about seven months and then I was just applying for jobs anywhere. Uh, Pensacola was a really hard market for me to find a job in, in my career, which is in purchasing. Um, it was just really difficult at the time. And then this was literally right before the pandemic started. I accepted a job in Gainesville at the university of Florida, um, in February. And then I relocated here March 1st and then everything shut down. I literally went into work for one day. Horrible timing. Well, and of course, so, you know, and I'm in a fragile state. I'm like, okay, here's my, here's my, uh, my next chapter. Like everything's going to be better now. Like I have a job and I have like, uh, honestly moving out of your, you know, moving in with your parents at 27 doesn't feel good when you've been independent your entire adult life so far. And, uh, so it was definitely a low. And so I'm excited. I was eager to move here knowing absolutely nobody. I didn't have any connections to Gainesville. I just knew it was drivable to see my family. Um, and it was a good career choice for me. So I accepted the job. I moved here. My mom helped me get here. My parents were amazing in helping me restart that chapter. Um, so stability wise, I was feeling pretty good about things, but then the pandemic hit and those first couple months were extremely challenging. In fact, at one point, um, I had to go back to them and stay with them during the quarantine because I couldn't get furniture in my apartment. I could, I mean, I was like trying to make friends here through a pandemic is extremely difficult. Um, I was posting in our word of mouth group for Gainesville for toilet paper because I couldn't find any at the store and I couldn't afford to buy it in bulk at the time because I hadn't received my first check. And it was just this whole, I'm like, okay, I feel selfish for being upset right now because here I am begging for some things to get better and I get a job and I move to this new town and I have this opportunity to start over and I'm still miserable. Yeah. But those were there were other elements of it that were coming into play. So I did, um, as soon as my health insurance kicked in, I had therapy and I kind of started to, to work through those things. Um, Terrence and I had actually met, which is my husband now, um, during this whole period of time. Uh, which was interesting because we met uh, on Instagram. He had DM'd me when I lived in Pensacola. And when he reached out, I was like, I am not in the place to have a relationship. I, am <laughs> I have no job. <laughs> yeah. And he lived in New Orleans, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, which was not far from Pensacola. Right. So at first I was like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. you know, you're like three hours away. No big deal. Um, and I just didn't really take it super seriously because I told him yeah. pretty straight up. I was like, look, I'm not looking for a relationship right now. I'm trying to get my life together. <laughs> yeah. And he said, that's fine. We can be friends and we'll see what happens, whatever. And he was very persistent. Yeah. Um, How did he find you? Just like searching? He's like, okay, this one, I want this yeah. one. Like, <laughs> how does that I mean, work? Well, the algorithm kind of is, is something else, man. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Like, well, your then mind. it was before... Right. It was before Reels. So it was like, you know, you're scrolling through the feed kind of thing. And so if you see like the algorithm, so I'm sure I just ended up on his page in that way. But I think what ended up happening was, uh, you know, obviously he saw a picture of me and he's like, I'm going to shoot my shot. But he went through my profile and was kind of seeing that I, I had been posting um, probably for the first time because I was not sharing a lot about my experience at first. So I am extremely transparent on my platform now. But when I first moved to Pensacola, I was struggling so much that I didn't want to share. And I was struggling through, well, how do I share without making this sound like everything is Debbie Downer? Because I know that I that things are going to get better eventually, but I just didn't want it to be. And then I'm like, well, you know what? I'm just going to share how I'm feeling. 
Um, and I think he had reached out to me because I had posted uh, something about my my 28th birthday. It was like the week before my birthday. It was coming up. And I'm like, look, like I'm trying to process that I've just had one of the worst years of my life. And at 28 now, I live with my parents and I'm trying to get my life together and it doesn't feel like it's going to get any better. Um, and he had just sent me a really encouraging message and then kind of opened the door for conversation because I was watching Fridays on uh, like Friday, the movie with them on Friday. And so he was it was a whole silly thing, but it made me laugh. And in that moment, I just needed yeah. that. And so, um, yeah, so it started the conversation. And then, like I said, he was very persistent um, because I just really was not interested at all at first. And then um, I was like, well, maybe it would be nice to have somebody to talk to right now. You know, as long as I knew and he knew that it wasn't going to be anything at at the time, I thought. Right. Uh, And now here we are, you know, three and a half years later married (laughs) and he lives in Gainesville with me. So. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think people could feel like, you know, whenever our, we started chatting on our Instagram and I'm like scrolling down and I, I can see this transition and then in comes Darren's and then all of a sudden it's like this like love story, fairy tale, the wedding of, it's like move over the rules. I mean, you guys are like, you know, like the, the highest society here and everybody's like looking at the event of the century. And I mean, so is like, how is life right now? Like, is it as good as it seems? Are you still having some lows? Like how, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, I think I'm definitely better than I've ever been in the sense of having, I mean, I feel good in my career. Terrence and I are in a really great place. Um, My relationships, my friendships, those have all become really positive. Um, And then, of course, I'm excited for this next chapter of life. Yes. But I mean, it doesn't, there's definitely, like I said earlier, there's things that are coming up that I'm like, oh, I thought I was past this. And now I have to kind of confront it but I feel really good about it because even though it is heavy and I have been a weeping mess for the last couple days (laughs) and I know I'm going to be that way after surgery too yeah um I'm just a very sensitive person and I mean it doesn't take much I cried for Guardians of the Galaxy the other day (laughs) hey it was sad I almost cried during that movie too they were so cute yeah yeah I'm I'm a big feelings person and Yeah. yeah so that's the biggest way I could describe right now is I'm doing good I'm feeling pretty good but I have a lot of big feelings and I I think that's pretty normal right now. At least I shared a post the other day kind of talking about some of those big feelings and quite a few people either reached out or commented and said, I've been there or I'm there right now. So it was nice to know I wasn't alone in that. Let's talk, let's, let's talk about these big feelings a little bit. So stepping back one step when, you know, you're, you've, you've had this kind of weight gain and you talk about, almost using food as a coping mechanism through these really challenging, I don't care who you are, periods of your life of loneliness and darkness and you're in Vegas and you come here. And then what makes you, what makes you at this point, why now? I'm always so very curious when patients come in, like why, like what is your why? What is, what is the motivation at this moment? Like, how did you come to that? Yeah. I think it's always been something that was kind of in the back of your mind, right? Like my mom, I didn't share this yet, but my mom um, had gastric bypass 16 years ago. And I watched her kind of go through that process. And I've seen her continuously um, go through the the steps since then. And so um, it was kind of always in the back of my mind, but I don't think I was ready. And you reach a point where you become, I think, ready to make the change. And, you know, several years ago when I was living in Alaska, um, 
right when I was about to go through my divorce, I'm like, okay, maybe this is the time because at the time I think I was 275 and I just was really doing the yo-yo dieting thing. And I wasn't really sure if I even was a good candidate for it. But then I reached out and I just kept meeting all these obstacles. Mm -hmm. And I've talked a little bit about them on my platform even recently. But at the time when you approach something like this, where you have to check the list, right? There are steps that you have to accomplish along the way with the pre-ops and the labs and things like that. Um, one little obstacle was like, okay, this is too much work. Yep. I'm done. Uh, the universe <laughs> doesn't want so that's it. What happened. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I'm like, okay, I must not want it bad enough because this I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, I just kind of shut it off. And then over the last couple of years, I guess when my social media platform started, which was by accident, um, I was just like trying to hold myself accountable because I had gone through the divorce. I had another relationship after that that lasted four years. I had been in back-to-back serious relationships, and I just hadn't been single and focusing on myself. And so I reached that point, and I was like, okay, I need to like focus on me. And I was in my early 20s, so I'm like, let's just kind of figure something out. And I kept posting to try to push myself out of my comfort zone and reach a level of confidence and self-love where I was at. Cause I'm like, I've tried all these diets, nothing is working. Maybe I just need to work on the self-esteem and the image first. And so I spent a fair amount of the last couple of years focusing on the self-love and building my confidence up and saying, okay, like, you know, I'm not where I want to be, but am I okay with who I am in that process? You know? And, um, it doesn't really do you any good to continue to sit there and say, like, you know, beat yourself up for where you're at. Um, and so I focused on that. And then I would say probably, what was it, October of last year, I think I reached out, um, was kind of this turning point. So I actually had COVID um, at right before this whole, this was the first time I had any serious health scare, you know, since in several years, you know, I had been doing pretty good. Um, and then COVID came and I saw how badly I struggled my breathing. Um, and then I even felt bad going into the hospital because God bless him. My husband then at the time, fiance also had it. He's the reason I got it was because we got it from a friend. And then, um, it was, he was struggling and then I picked it up and then he had to push me in a wheelchair into the hospital. And I just felt horrible because I couldn't even walk. And it got to the point where I was so scared not being able to to breathe right and and knowing that part of that was because of my weight. I was like, I, I know that I'm struggling more right now because of where I'm at with my weight. So I think that was kind of an eye opener. Um, and I was kind of considering and I'm like, at this point, I know that I have gained enough weight that I don't think I'm going to be able to get there on my own. And I tried. I had a fitness trainer. Um, you know, I was trying to change the behaviors with food while also trying to manage not wanting to obsess over it because I knew that my mental health couldn't handle that. Um, so that was trying. And then finally I, I went to a doctor. I had found a new primary doctor because I was having a lot of, a lot of trouble, um, which is a whole other long saga that finding a doctor who will work with you and really try to figure out what's going on can be challenging because a lot of times it's like, well, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And I'm like, I wouldn't be here if I hadn't tried those yeah, things. Yeah. Written a book on this, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So, you know, it just – and I, I was really relieved, though, because I found a doctor. Um, and my doctor here uh, is Hale Medical Group, and she just was so 
kind. And in that moment, that's what I needed in that first appointment. Not only did she not judge, I just, I straight up, I threw it out there. I was like, look, here's where I'm at. Uh, you know, I'm getting ready to get married in a couple of months. I'm miserable. I'm not, I, I, my body hurts. My feet have been bothering me because I have plantar fasciitis. Um, I used to be really extremely active and it's, you know, Zumba. I love Zumba. I love to dance and just not being able to do those things was really challenging. Um, so I think it was a lot of things, but then also, um, you know, knowing I'm getting married, I wanted to have a family with Terrence eventually. It wasn't something that I had ever thought about before him and I, I wasn't thinking, oh, I want to be a mom someday. And then it was like this switch flipped and I'm like, I just want to build a family with him. And I know being adopted that I could do that through adoption, but I also want to have a chance at having our own genetic children as well. And, um, so there was a lot of factors that went into the why, um, but it also took knowing a that feeling stuck wasn't where I had to be. And that was the first person, my doctor um, at Hale Medical, she was the one who put it for me best because I didn't know how to describe where I was at. And then I was in the, in that conversation with her, you know, we were talking about different things. I just kind of said, here's where I'm at. Here are my goals. I don't know how to get there. And she said, so it sounds like you're stuck. And she goes, but at your age, with your current, um, you know, conditions and things like that, you would do really well if you had the the surgery, bariatric surgery. Have you considered that? And I said, yeah, you know, my mom had it. I've considered it, but I just, I don't, like, I'm, I was scared. You know, I'm like, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, so I did a lot of thinking on it. And the first thing that I did when I got home was talk to Terrence. Um, and he was extremely supportive. Uh, he's always been extremely supportive and he's like, if that's what you want to do, I'm here for you. And I'm like, I don't even know where to start because I didn't think that I had coverage uh, at the time I didn't. Um, and then I'm like, well, I have gone through so many avenues, um, trying to get things approved. And so at the time, my doctor actually referred me out here to UF health and they wouldn't even have a conversation until it was approved by the insurance. There was a process that you had to go through. Um, and it just seemed really like, I, I, I just wanted information. I just wanted to know like right. where to start. Yeah. Cause I think that's the first thing you think about when you're like, okay, I'm ready to do this. How do I get there? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it was just a little unclear to me. And then it seemed like there were roadblocks again. Um, and then of course I realized that my insurance didn't cover it and that was kind of defeating. And I just, yeah. I was, I, I think I even cried that night to Terrence and I was just like, I know what I want. Yeah. And I can't, like, I, don't, I can't even get there because I don't have the coverage for it and I can't afford to pay for it um, on my own. And so I was really defeated. And then I was scrolling through social media and sometimes I, you know, I scroll through and I'm like, well, maybe because I have this platform now, if I reach out to somebody, we can work something out and I can share that experience, which is kind of daunting when you think about something like this, because I'm like, this is a, there's a lot of vulnerability involved. So me being willing to do that at the time while, you know, trying to, to see if I could even get to surgery was scary. Um, but I reached out to, to Dr. Devak here and I had just said, I don't even know where to start. I think I had sent this whole long paragraph and I was like, I just, I don't even know where to start. I don't know if I have coverage. I don't think I'm going to have coverage. But I just want to get here. And you immediately, I think, almost respond. And we're like, we're going to figure this out. I have a lot of ideas. <laughs> um, and it just, that was such a relief to me. Because I had just had that doctor's appointment where she was like, you know what? We're going to figure it out. And then I met you through social media. And you were like, we're going to figure it out. And I'm like, maybe we'll actually figure this out. <laughs> yeah, so it, was I, it gave me a lot of hope. 
Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. And, you know, you were talking about, well, obviously the supportive nature of your physician, which it's just that we talk about that all the time. Like yeah. how these doctors, you go in, you, you hurt your knee, but like, it's your weight. You have a cold, it's your weight. It's your, you know, your nose yeah. hurts, it's your weight. Like, ah, it's so overwhelming. And then when you go in to actually talk about your weight, they're like, well, have you tried diet and exercise? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God, no, what? <laughs> Never thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. Oh. And it's just, it's just so much. So you actually have a supportive physician. You have this now yes. supportive fiance who ultimately becomes the husband. So now you have this huge fan base and you talk about vulnerability and kind of putting things out there and just trying to figure it out. And now as you're still navigating it, it's still dealing with these big emotions, which I want to tap into. How do you like, how do you decide that? All right, I'm going to push post on the thing that I'm telling all these, you have a hundred and some thousand people that follow me that I'm doing this. And it's in this, you know, you have this body positivity. I'm living my life. I'm very real, but now you're taking this spin. And how was that frightening to like put that out there? Yeah, extremely. Um, and because I will, there's something that's really interesting about the kind of the plus size community or however you want to word it, body positive community. Um, there's so many different avenues to these different social communities online um, and they kind of all intersect at some point, but trying to figure out what your messaging is along the way, that was something that I really struggled with as I was building my platform because I'm like, well, where do I want to align myself? Like what feels right for me? And I landed with kind of the self-love, loving yourself at any phase of life. And for me, I think I maybe even subconsciously chose that because I'm like, this may not always be where I'm at, right? Like, I mean, maybe kind of hopefully I'm like, someday I may be in a different place because I know I need to be for my health. And, um, and I wanted to be able to relate that across the board. So I've never once aligned myself with one specific community for that reason. Um, but again, because they intersect, you get a lot of that same following. And, and I do understand those different avenues. Um, but I just, I, <laughs> you are never going to please everybody. Mm-hmm. And when you hit post, you're going to, you're opening yourself up anytime you put something on social media to good, bad, it, the ugly. Honestly, I've received some horrible messages in my time being on social media. Mm. Um, but so it was scary. It was daunting. And I really, I practiced, I wrote and rewrote probably a thousand times what I was going to say. And for me, um, Abby in real life is just throwing it out there. This is what it is. Rip the bandaid off. Um, and, and that's what I wanted to do because a lot of times, and there's no shame in this, but there has been a lot of, uh, people that I have followed in the past plus size creators who did go down this journey, um, and were either ashamed to share it or were afraid to share it because they were going to be harassed and, or commented and say, Oh, everything you ever said was a lie. And I did receive some of that, but I don't think I got it to that level because of the way that I think I put it out there, because there's a lot of reasons, you know, I've shared some of my whys here. Um, and my followers know, they followed the story, they know my love with Terrence and that like wanting to have a family with him and sharing that vulnerability, um, you know, is, is important to me, because I want people to understand for me having this surgery isn't about wanting to be a certain size, I really, I, I don't care where I end up as long as my health is good. And I hit those goals of being able to have a family and feeling better when I'm walking, not having my feet and my back hurt. Like, 
just those all of these non-scale victories along the way i mean most of my list is is built up of non-scale things like uh you know it's the seatbelt in the car the airplane things like that that you don't think are so mentally jarring but it is um so i was just kind of oh i was hoping when i made the post and shared um you know again i kind of worded things in a way that i was hopeful that like hey not everyone's going to understand and that's fine. You don't have to. But I'm A, I'm doing this. I'm not seeking medical advice. That was one of the first things I said. My mind is made up. And I knew I wasn't going to post until I knew my mind was made up. I made the post after my surgery was scheduled for that reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I wanted to make sure that like people knew, hey, full steam ahead, we're doing this. And um, and then, of course, it was wanting to make sure that people understood that I understand that because you a may not be in a place where you can focus on following somebody's journey like this um, without affecting your own mental health. If you're dealing with an eating disorder or things like that, it can be triggering. So I said, look, I protect your space. I'm going to protect mine. And I've just threw it out there. And if people unfollowed me along the way, I knew that I would a gain a different type of audience of people who were maybe going through this or had been through it. And actually, I had a surprising response of people who I had no clue and wouldn't have ever guessed um, had already had surgery and were like, hey, I'm here for you. I know this is difficult. So it has. It's been really overwhelming, but extremely supportive. Um, you know, there was some negativity that came from it, but it was very minimal, I think, compared to where it could have been. I, and I, I would like to think that that's because of the transparency that I put into it. Yeah, I think no doubt. And I, and I, this, this can't help to think about the fact, the reason why this is so courageous in my mind, especially courageous, is that there are very few of us that put it out there while we're going through it and you're doing it in real time. Now, when do we all do it? We put it in all of a sudden as you're, you're through surgery, you're now the after. And it was like, yeah, I was struggling, but here I am now. And that's still like, wow. I mean, awesome. You did that. It was still hard. And for people who do that, great for me, myself, I talk about this all the time. Now I went through infertility, but you better believe I could never, ever have had the courage to post every 28 days when I got the negative pregnancy test Mm -hmm. or the bad news. I just couldn't even bear to have someone um, pity me or give me like the, like you said, the negativity or any of that. So the fact that you're like in step with this thing, putting it out there, man. And even saying like, I've made up my mind on full steam ahead, but that doesn't mean that I'm not very scared. I'm nervous. I'm anxious. I'm weepy. I'm emotional. And I want to talk about that now. Like, so we're right now today we're recording on June 7th your surgery is on Friday June 16th you are um picking the gastric bypass and um I think you're gonna do extraordinary with that but like how does it feel in these last moments of preparation um that you're going through here it's exciting and I would say that there's definitely more excitement than anxious moments right now but it is also there's it just like it's a lot to think about, you know, it's like, yeah. cause you don't know. And when you're somebody like me who has anxiety, even something as simple as getting my lab results back this morning and wondering what the numbers meant. <laughs> um, and if it was going to like deter something or whatever, you know, it's just you, yeah. one little thing is so easy for somebody like me who has anxiety to overthink. And so in some ways, um, I've almost made it a little bit harder on myself, I think, because I scheduled it further out, being that my mom was out of the country. 
Um, I almost wish that I, if she had been in town, I would have ha- already had it, per- truthfully. I know, we already <laughs> called you like three times, like, you want to move up? <laughs> I know, I know. And I, w- I wanted to every time I was like, okay, yeah, because that's less time for me to have to sit there and think about it. Yeah. Right. But I think in some ways it's also positive because I do feel extremely prepared in terms of the knowledge and just like listening to people's stories and experiences in your in your Facebook group and seeing people who have just had it and what their challenges are and kind of mentally preparing for that. Um, it's given me some time to be mentally prepared. Uh, but it also is it is it's a little heavy and um, and even something as simple as uh, when I had my first conversation with Hannah, and talking through the food and um, you know, when you have spent years of your life yo yo dieting, it does. It is it's triggering in some ways that you're having to count your food and count your intake and use like right now I'm using the Veritastic app to track everything, which is extremely helpful. Um, but it did kind of give me those early flashback reminders of like my fitness pal and Weight Watchers. And it's like, but this is different. You know, this is there's something different about this, um, given that I'm in a much healthier mental space to be able to say, you know, the reason that I'm tracking these things is because I know that it's important to the process. Um, or even when it came to reframing my mindset around um, cutting the three week diet, cutting things out, and then even going into the sugar free, you know, at first I was like, and I think a lot of people um, think that it's almost and, and I can't speak for everybody, because I know you guys have talked a lot on your platforms of different surgeons and different offices have different requirements. Um, but understanding that the reason isn't because they're like, oh, this is one final push for you to lose the weight. It's that they, you know, wanting to be in a healthy place for your liver to make complications during surgery um, less possible, you know, just making it easier for the surgeon to get to the liver. Um, So I even had to reframe my mindset around that a little bit because I was like, this isn't one final punishment. You know, it's it's making sure A, you're ready and B, that you are doing everything you can to do your part to make the surgery easier for the surgeon. And, and like, and turning it to Hannah, you know, you talked a few times about this and I just want to pause on this. This is such a good thing. And we have, we don't talk about this much. It's this, this, a fine line between being compliant and we're like, oh, what a good patient. Here's your gold star. And, mm-hmm. you know, doing what you need to do for the safety, the liver shrinking after surgery, the right. healing, all of that. Right. But how do you not be obsessive and all consumed by the rules in the cage? You and know? especially for somebody who and, and most of our patients have done this mm. yo-yo diet, loss and gain. And, you know, they've done every iteration of low carb that mm-hmm. they're, you know, whatever you're going to call it, keto, Atkins, South Beach, right. it's low carb, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I do think that that's something we... I, I'm sure talked about in uh, when we had our meeting, it's been a couple weeks, but uh, you know, that, that fine line of it's not, it's changing the, the mindset around it. Right. And yeah. Well, even fun. when I reached out to you, it was like, okay, like it's, it's trying to understand, um, you know, what things are going to make your body feel good. You know, mm-hmm. when I was like, Oh, I'm really tired right now. And you're like, Oh, maybe you need to increase your calorie intake. And it was like some of the things I, cause I showed you exactly mm-hmm. what I was eating at the time and being able to understand, like, it's really given me so much knowledge and insight to like how one item you can, can make you feel better depending on what you need that day or where you're at, what you're trying, you know, what your goals are. So um, I think for me, that's really helped with not obsessing over it. Um, and then also therapy, of course, yeah. Yeah. um, talking through it in therapy. I mean, I'm so pro therapy. Um, but then also, you know, there are little things that I do like right now, I don't keep a scale in my house right at this moment. Um, 
I haven't weighed myself since I started this process initially, other than my first doctor's appointment. I usually weigh myself at my doctor's appointments, and then I just signed up for a gym membership um, around the corner from my house, and they have a scale there as well. So in my head, if I can go to the gym and weigh myself, at least to start, you know, eventually I may be in a healthier place where I can have a scale in the house and I'm not going to obsess over it. Um, but I do think that knowing my personality, that's something that I would struggle with, you know, and I don't want to be sitting here, uh, two months from now after I've gone through the initial stages of everything and being like, Oh man, I only lost five pounds this week. And I know a lot of people do struggle with that because I see it in the group and I feel for them because I'm like, you've worked so hard to get here and you're still like feeling that obsessive. Um, and honestly, I just think that wouldn't help my mental health. I know myself well enough to know that it's not going to help me. I mean, I couldn't agree more with that. I think that's so good. Like to improve yourself, you have to know yourself and you know that stepping on a scale on a daily basis, if it goes up or down, like, wait, I I, I gain a point of an ounce or I gain a pound or two pounds, you know, it happens. And I say this, um, but even myself, and it, it doesn't matter what size you are, like, I, I stopped, I, I haven't stepped on the scale in months because it, it was just like, it was so controlling. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what is your problem? And I know it seems like, you know, I think we all feel that way. That number is tied to the way our mood is for the day. We talk about this obsessively. Yeah. It's, um, and I think that's great. I would say, trust the process. You are, you know, switching gears back to when you're saying like up every little thing, like you're worried about the labs, you're waiting for this Mm -hmm. moment of disappointment, like see, didn't work out. It wasn't meant to be. You're not worthy or whatever to feel that way. But we will say that in our practice, you have been the most like boom on it patient oh, I know. that we've ever had, I think. Don't, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> we can see, you know, we see all of the texts, right? So whoever, yeah. we can all respond to whoever and everything. And we see you like, okay, just went to the doctor this morning and they're sending this over. And okay, here's <laughs> oh, the fax damn, number. And like, this girl? here, <laughs> is this, did you get it? If not, okay, I'm calling them right now. And then it's like, then I see the phone call coming from Hale. Oh, and I'm like, oh, that's Abby. Yeah. I know that Hale is happy. Like, exactly. You know, and it's like, okay, we've got, and uh you know, I know you and Taylor worked, Taylor, who works with us uh, really closely together to get a lot of the stuff yes. taken care of. So, but yeah, we definitely were like, oh my gosh, these, she's, she's just so like, good. she's on it. You are totally. like t- type A. Well, and, yeah. and I think that's oh, yeah. great. Uh-huh. You're like trusting the process. You're, 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 we talk about meeting the middle, like you're doing your part. Um, even when we talked, um, I don't, really even want you to fixate on on the scale like i think that that's mm-hmm. i think that's very wrong of bariatric surgeons um and programs and even mm-hmm. dietitians anybody to say that you have to lose x amount amount is arbitrary i just feel yeah. like it it puts too much stress on it and then you don't achieve it and then it's like shame on you and like you said that one final punishment boy that that really yeah. um gets me thinking about um just rephrasing even how to make sure that patients know that it is not a punishment. Um, that's right. a pretty profound it's like thought. Not a punishment. It's preparation. Yeah, like, it's just preparation. Right. Mm-hmm. And you are prepared, my friends. I so, know. Um, so, what do you have? All of your for your two days of clear liquids that our program does. Oh, do you have your everything. whole? Oh, of course you do. Is your stash like already ready? <laughs> she, in color is that warranty? Like, didn't you say you're having like friends go to Publix to buy you like cases or like? Oh, yeah. To like Costco BJ's, like whatever, to buy cases of things. It is so hard to find fair lives here, and I just it's love everywhere. them. And even Terrence now is onto them, so it's like having to have extra stock because he's drinking. Oh, them he's too, eating your stash. Great. Uh-huh. Oh no, yeah. my stash is hidden. The one I got yesterday is hidden. He can't find that. 
So that's from my liquids, and I'm so hopeful. I'm so hopeful that I don't have the um, like the shift of, of taste buds for that one specifically, but but we'll see. But I am prepared, and it's funny because even like sitting right here next to my computer desk is like my little bariatric. Oh my there you gosh! Go. <laughs> you know, wow. I have better vitamins. Yes. Um, in fact, I did a uh, like a haul. Show us what, yeah, what's your haul here? Show us. Oh, Liquicel. The Liquicel. I got one that? in a sample pack. Yeah. It's like even... a um, concentrated uh, protein supplement. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like the consistency of not quite honey, like a little thinner than honey, I would say. Um, I used to use Milan Dialysis because they're super low volume. Huh. And they're like 15 grams of protein, I want to say, in a in one of those. What do you do, squirt it in your mouth? You can, or you can make, you can mix it into like water, or we yeah, used to do, that's you can what do I did. like mocktails with them. Oh. So like, again, that was kind of for a different population where you could put it with like ginger ale or something like that. Um, but they come, I've always heard the watermelon, people always they love have the watermelon the ginger ale flavor. flavor. They have a ginger, oh, that's new then. Look at you. She rips it out. Oh, you happen to mention this? Yeah, I have it. I have it. But yeah, they're they're a great little product. I mean. Yeah. Well, so I tried it because they sent it in a sample pack um, uh-huh. when I was trying to figure out what vitamins I wanted to go with. I was trying all the sample packs. Um, and I think ProHealth had sent one in there just as like a whole kit of what you could get. And, oh, wow. Um, and I was like, oh, actually, ironically, I only tried it the one day kind of by accident because I was practicing my good behaviors of like trying to fix my routine, which is a whole nother thing, which is I was really, really bad at not eating lunch or waiting until like the end of the day of eating lunch. Mm -hmm. And so just trying to get into the habit of, hey, you need to step away and actually do something. And on this particular day, I could not. It was I had meetings back to back to back, but I didn't have anything in my desk drawer that was going to be sustainable except for this. And I'll tell you what, I had drank it before I went into the meeting and I was full until I was able to get back to food. And I was like, this was perfect. And it just was good. Yeah, yeah, they're really it not bad. I always, I just put yeah. it in the water. I will say it was a little better once I added ice to the water, but yeah, yeah, okay. There's some, definitely yeah. some tricks yeah. with those types of things. Well, with this haul you yeah. have, are are these companies like reaching out to you, or are you um like just getting their like sample stuff? And you're reaching out to them. It's been kind of a combination. So I reached out to them. Um, and then, so like Celebrate, for example, um, I'm doing an ambassadorship with them for the next year, which I was really excited about because when you're shifting gears as an influencer or content creator, you almost have to build the relationships with these brands and say, hey, like, I know I haven't done this type of content before, yeah. but I think people are going to be invested for this reason. And so being able to kind of showcase the response that I received on even just the early post, I think is what has kind of helped me build these relationships. And then, um, you know, they were the first to take a chance on me and say, Hey, we want to support you through this journey. And so I was really excited about that. And, um, they've been amazing. So I have all of my core vitamins. Oh, look um, at you. And then, yeah, so I have those. Oh, good. I'm ready for that. And I have my pill organizer that I got on Amazon. I, um, so yes. I, gonna do that I messaged weekend. you. I was like, those are amazing. It's one of the ones yeah, that's like seven days good. and it's got four slots in each day and you just take your little oh, day with yes. you. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's I saw perfect. someone recently yeah. had a round one too. Like a little oh, I yes. see tube. These. 
which is cute. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then, um, and it was super cheap too, like eight dollars on Amazon yeah. or something, eight ninety nine. So I yeah. mean, oh, wow. yeah, it was nice to be able to just grab that. And then, um, so I'm packing my vitamins into my container this weekend. I'm packing my hospital bag this weekend. Um, and then I did get, oh, I dropped some. My um, the isopure. I bought that on Amazon too as part of my haul. I have sugar free Mio. Mm -hmm. Nice. And then, of course, the Gas X. Yes. And then, actually, (laughs) there's a couple of these packets of the unflavored, the Gen, I think it's Gen Pro. Okay. I don't know that one either. Yeah. Because I have mixed reviews from people when I posted, I think, on Instagram about it, talking about what. Um, unflavored proteins people like is yeah. depending on like if it's kind of that gritty or like if you could taste it or not. I don't tend to have an issue with textures like that right now, but I know that that could change. So yeah, yeah. I the biggest thing those. is don't put it in super hot liquid. Make sure okay. any liquid you mix it in is under 140 degrees because okay. otherwise the protein cooks and it like coagulates and that makes it like lumpy and no yeah nobody wants i've that. had that happen with protein powders before where yeah. it was just really lumpy. yeah okay yeah, yeah. So that's the, yeah the trick with the if you're gonna mix it into like something warm and then the other thing i think people think that unflavored means no flavor and right. it doesn't way naturally has like a flavor to it so that's the other right. challenging part is it still has that like way yeah way taste yeah, yeah. so finding that like mask something to mask it not gonna be good at just plain water right if you put it into something like a sugar-free pudding or something that has a flavor by itself then it's less you know it's easier to to digest yeah right applesauce yeah yeah i saw that too um so i definitely i just want to be prepared with that and then i didn't want to commit too much to things so like the powders um right now i didn't invest in flavors because i wanted to see what i would like first so um i do have a couple sample packs on the way of different like uh protein flavors um but i didn't want to buy you know because it's like a big old container you can get for a decent amount of money but i would hate to buy that and then not like it (laughs) after surgery so yeah yeah gosh don't buy a lifetime supply. No. You try right. to get enough buy. to get through the first couple days Exactly. Week. Yeah. And then and right. then you're going to be on regular food soon enough. But yeah. like you yeah. said, you're getting the healthy habits. Don't skip meals. I used to see a therapist when I was in fellowship training and it was very intense. And she was like, you got to like do the basic stuff like, you know, eating, drinking, you know, resting. Mm-hmm. And so you got this during this part. That's the biggest thing I think about the starch free, the preparation diet is just Breakfast, lunch, right. dinner, try to get in there, take care of yourself. Excuse me, I can't have a meeting at that time. I, you know, right. I mean, mm-hmm. we're all bad about it. But yeah, just yeah. mentally kind of get ready and all of that. So yeah, we're so excited for you. I know. Yeah. I know. It's going to be I awesome. So some last minute parting thoughts to you, like I've said a million times, like if you don't sleep the night before surgery, that's pretty normal. It's like restless. You're worried their alarm's not going to go off. You're going to miss it. You know, like all these weird thoughts. Mm -hmm. Are you spending the night in a hotel the night before? 
I am. Yeah, we're coming down Thursday. My mom flies in that day. Oh, wow. Um, okay. She has a hotel, too. So it'll be Terrence and my mom and I. And then, um, yeah, because early morning. I five so. Yeah. Yeah. You'll just say that's quite a trick from games. But yeah, not. that's why I was like, are you traveling in the middle of the night? But that's yeah. good. So try to get some rest. But yeah. you probably won't. And then the night after, like we talk about, you're just, uh, you know, we talked about this on our last podcast. You're now sore. You're relieved. It's over. The fear of the unknown is gone. You know very much so what's happening. And then right. it's another restless night. And so it's like two nights of just sort of like, uh, and then that equals crying. Lots and lots of tears. Uh-huh. Lots of crying. Right. So yeah. <laughs> weepy, weepy. Yes. Yep. But then yeah. you rest and then it'll happen. And then um, you're going to start losing weight and feeling great. And um, yeah. But and then we can't wait to watch it all unfold. Yeah. And you share your journey. So it was the best way for people to follow you and um, just to, you know, see what you're doing. Yeah, Abby in Real Life on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and then um, I am relaunching my blog through this process too, so that I can kind of put those thoughts into, you know, the longer captions into an actual blog post. Um, So all of that's through my Instagram though, primarily. So yeah, Abby in Real Life. Abby with one B. Yes. A-B-Y. Yes. A-B-Y in Real Life. All one word. Follow her. I mean, yes. I just go down the rabbit hole of your stuff too much. I'm like, oh, I know. I haven't looked up. I She's haven't seen influenced my kids. me. Me too. I bought those egg wraps you posted. They're in my fridge. No plan yes. on what I'm going to use them for, but I have them. <laughs> She'll cook something for me. Amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to hear how you like them. Yeah. I know. I see them all the time. And finally I was like, all right, put them in the cart. Right. <laughs> I know all of your yeah. stuff. I can't wait to hear the Zumba instructor, uh-huh. like all of these things, you know. Yeah, mama down the line. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, Terrence and I have kind of decided for the next year, you know, obviously because I'm, I need to get to where I want to be and healthy wise. Um, going to be focusing on all those smaller things like the traveling and um, wanting to go kayaking eventually and just doing more right now and being able to enjoy it more because my feet won't hurt as much and my back and things like that. So, um, so we're excited for this kind of next chapter and then prepare for the next one, which will be mommy head eventually. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. You'll have a nice like time to have the time of just the two of you. Yeah, yeah, that is great. The yeah. early marriage too. Like, mm-hmm. there's no rush. You right. can't. You, you're. We're, we're telling you not to rush. Yeah, That's right. The one thing we're telling you, like, <laughs> yeah. you can't. Please, <laughs> please don't. Uh, please don't get pregnant right. yet. And um, <laughs> yeah, you just have this time to even get to know each other more. Who who you are yeah. on the inside and all that great stuff. Well. Okay, here we go. Yeah. And as always, <laughs> you can find. Thank you, Abby, for joining us. This yes, is great. We'll definitely have you. to have you back. Down oh, the yeah. line, we'll have a follow-up, see how you're, pro- you know, progressing and all of that. It's going to be the Abby um, series. Yeah, right? I even have, like, <laughs> one of my highlights on my Insta, as you see, it says Abby story. Yes. You're- actually, somebody reached out to me and was like, you're a highlight. And I'm like, what? And they're like, oh, you're a highlight on, doc- on the, the Body Butter Tricks. Or is it your page? I, it's on I my it's page, page, Dr. Novak. Yeah. 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 yeah, Dr. Novak. So, uh, yeah, I was excited to see that. So, yeah, yes, it's and awesome. That, and that triumphant and pose. Yes. And so many of your people who have had surgery have reached out and been so supportive. So it's been awesome. Good. Good. Yeah. Well, you can find us on Instagram, uh, Dr. X Dietitian. Of course, Dr. Dovek at Dr. Dovek at HannahSkyler.rd at Abby in real life. We're all everyone's we're all over the place. You'll find (laughs) us one way or another. But again, thank you so much for joining us. And we will look forward to talking with you soon. And good luck with your surgery. It's going to go awesome. Thank Can't you. wait to see Can't you in wait. person. Yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. See you next time.